I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Can I suggest you shut up and show more football? Come on, come on. Bigger, bigger. We've done that thing. Can we not knock it? I am flabbergasted. I wouldn't even let them on the bus after the match. I get a taxi back to Manchester. <laughs> Again, don't, please don't call me arrogant because what I, I'm saying is true. I'm a, I think I'm a special one. When the seagulls follow the troll, it's because they think sardines will be thrown into the sea. Thank you. Understand what I'm trying to get at. Yes, he was a great player. Yes, he was a wonderful leader. But he wasn't a magician. Take him out, son. I mean that. Take him. Happy New Year, everybody. If you're listening in our part of the world, the Middle East and North Africa, I believe the correct phrase is Sena Saida. Sena Saida, everybody, yes. For everyone in the Middle East and North Africa, yes. Sena Saida. But wherever you are in the world, Happy New Year. Stay safe and... Uh, we're all, I think, very pleased to see the back of 2020 and very much looking forward oh, yes. to 2021. Although, a note of caution, I, I don't want to be yeah, yeah, yeah. a prophet of doom. Listen, it's the 1st of January. But I do think we're in Let's for a bumpy... Just, can we just enjoy the 1st of January? I, I and then you can, you, for... you can be the prophet of doom tomorrow. I think we're <laughs> for a bumpy six months before <laughs> things settle. Anyway, if you're a first-time listener, thank you for spending your time with us. Please subscribe, share this, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. At Keys and Grey Pod. Keys... And A-N-D, pod, are always, always happy to hear from you. My name is Richard Keyes. And my name is the other one. And this is the Keyes and other one, the podcast. So, <laughs> the, the other one. I mean, that really could be anybody. Could be anybody, it? couldn't it? <laughs> could. uh, before we start, on a serious note, um, I want to make mention again of the Ibrox yeah. disaster, because I, I genuinely, as a, as a neutral, Andy, I do feel very deeply about this. And yeah. I think football in general should take it more seriously. I am convinced that on January the 2nd, across Britain, football clubs, football people should stop for a minute and reflect and remember what happened 50 years mm. ago when 66 football fans died at Ibrox. Now, we, we heard on our podcast from a fan, that was Andy, who was there. His brothers were there from, from DJ Big Derek Johnston, who played. Uh, it's, it, it's, a, it's a difficult listen, um, but it is well worth listening to. And, and I think you'd probably concur with me. We, we haven't, I don't think, it's, it's called the Forgotten Football Disaster. Yeah. I don't think we've ever stopped enough 
to remember. But here's a great opportunity, the 50th anniversary. Mm. 66 died. The victims, some, the victims are still alive. Yes. And I, I say yes. the victim, Andy, because you live with what happened. Yeah. Absolutely. You live with what happened. And it's, a, it's, a, it's an awful thing that happened. Um, so our thoughts are with those affected by those painful events. And, and we, in our tiny way, just wanted to mark the event, not forget the event and not let it pass without mention. And I, I, I repeat again at the EFL, the Premier League, the FA, there's time enough. Think about it. There is. Stop. Pause. Respectfully remember. Uh, a big thank you to Liam Brady, our guest in the last uh, iPod. Go back oh, and have a listen good. to that as well. He, he was a Liam <laughs> I've not seen too often. He was an angry Liam. He was an but angry But you know what he was? He was, no, he was absolutely right. He was a, he was a, do you know what he was as well? He was an Arsenal fan, Liam. Yes, That's but he, was, he was, was right. He said, back the manager, what's happened since, two back wins. Him. He said, I'm not having Mesut Ozil. Uh, mm -hmm. those, those, a number of the things. As I arrived here today, mm -hmm. Friday morning, New Year's Day, those comments of his mm -hmm. are still making still, headlines yeah. in, in, in the mail online yeah. it did make quite a stir in general in the national press loads of reaction from arsenal fans um the team obviously have been listening as i said because they've gone on to win a <laughs> yeah, couple, couple right. so well said liam um and uh, a, a clear out at arsenal obviously on the way and, mm. and they've decided as you said in fairness to you I, I see no appetite to get rid um, well they haven't done they've backed and uh, maybe they're getting the reward mm. one slight change perhaps they are getting from back to front a whole lot quicker. Uh, I think they are, definitely. You know, I think, and as long as he's learning like that, Mikel, you know, that, that, that can only be good for Arsenal. Mm. You know, you can go in with a, with a plan and with a belief that this is how I want to do it. But if you just take over a club, you don't have the components to do probably what he wants to do. So he's going to have to chop and change and get rid and buy new ones in. And eventually we might see this near perfect attempt to play passing football from back to front every time they get the ball at the moment. I think he's just said, you know what? We shouldn't be doing that every time. We'll mix up a little. We'll get it forward a little bit quicker. We'll get our better players at the top end of the pitch involved in the game more often and it seems to be working for A couple them. of bits and pieces from the press today. Mark Clattenburg, headline here in the mirror. Refs are the most hated species in football. That's a statement of the obvious, I would have thought. <laughs> and made themselves more so with this ridiculous VAR technology. Uh, the Sheffield Wednesday owner, Deshvon Chansiri, claiming that Tony Poulis was the worst manager he's ever worked with. Um, I, I, wow. If I'm a Sheffield Wednesday fan, uh, Mr. Owner, I think uh, the mistake was letting you buy our club. Correct. Um, running man Watkins gives Villa more than goals. Terrific, Ollie Watkins, at the, uh, his contribution. Okay, he hasn't scored for seven games, but I, th I think he's going to be a big star on the Premier League stage. I like so him. not surprisingly, does his manager, yeah. who, who bought him and, of course, once previously worked with him at, uh, at Brentford. Yeah. Uh, Burnley's takeover complete. Um, I, I, I'm fearful. I'm I wonder what that means for Sean. Yeah. <clears throat> Isn't it funny how they say Burnley's takeover complete automatically? Uh, people who are not involved with Burnley think, ah, Sean Dyche will at last get the money he needs mm. and be able to spend it and bring in this, that and the other in the club. Mm, I'm with you. I'm not so sure. That's I just what remember means. back to the Venkis taking over at Blackburn with a promise of delivering European <laughs> football for five mil. And, and then uh, it, it came as a bit of a surprise <clears> that, that, that relegation was an issue. I, I'm not sure owners, uh, American owners of English football clubs quite get it. We've talked about this before. Mm. They want to create a mirror of their own sport with ours, Correct. it's not going to happen. No. And, and if you're telling me that um, American owners have bought Burnley with a view to making an impression, I would suggest that, no. that maybe they've been buying in the wrong store. Yeah, it's a business. Yeah. It's an interest and it's what it is. And this they made me money. laugh hilariously. Manchester City preparing a shock 
90 million pound bid for Harry Kane. Uh, it, it's not so much that they might be thinking about it. I, I would suggest think again. Start, no, I, start at 190 no, million. No, I think 90 is the down, the down payment. It it's the deposit. <laughs> 90 million is the deposit. And they're going to come to an arrangement to pay the other 100. <laughs> it's just nonsense. <laughs> and I have to say, I am sad again this morning as another of someone who I, I, for a period of time in my life, regarded as a really good mate. I like to think that we shared a bond until, sadly, his passing yesterday, but Tommy Doherty yeah. has left us. Yeah. What a fabulous guy. I know that Dennis Law would not concur. No, I mean, Dennis didn't uh, see eye to eye. But well, he gave Dennis a World Cup. He did. S swan song. He did give Dennis, and, 74. And yeah. then realised, of course, when he got to Manchester United, that Dennis had to go, and others of that period, yeah. had to go. Yes. And there's never a nice way to say goodbye. Listen, these, were, these are two of the three that were held in such high esteem that mm. came to, were coming to an end of their lives at Manchester United at the same time. Bobby Charlton, the other one, of course. Bobby was at Best, the end. Bestie. He, yeah, Bestie was a different problem, well, wasn't be, he? Best, he wasn't yeah, at yes, the end. Yes, he was. I mean, Bestie could still have been a superstar for another 10 years. Well, at that point, he was in a very distressed yeah, he was. But he, he was having to get rid or having to ease out to iconic footballers and Dennis and Bobby. And that was never going to be easy no. for anybody to come in and do that. And Paddy Crown, of course, will will uh, will tell a different tale to, 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 to many that were around at the club at the time. And Paddy may be right. Paddy yeah. can only offer his honest assessment yeah, of a time that he lived and he was mm -hmm. closer to it than me. But um, for, for me, Doc was just a wonderfully engaging character to spend time with was mm. fascinating. I've, I've told you the story before. When I got to breakfast television at TVAM, we went to watch a Scotland game one night and he was our expert for the following morning. So we obviously had to go and see the game. And we were on that train, and, and you will know better than I do what particular train that was leaving Glasgow for Hamden. Mm -hmm. But but there is, yes? So Mount Florida would be the station at Hamden. Would it be? Yes. Okay. So we, we're on we're on the train and, and by good fortune, we're in the, the same train as the guard. And you know, the guard always opens his door Correct. first to check the safety and, and wait. So, all right, Tom, how are you? Yeah, you know, what are you doing here? Well, again, a bit like Clattenburg's statement, uh, fairly obvious. Um, we're here to watch the football match. He said, oh, you're right. He said, cool, you're going to get caught up in a crush. He said, I'll tell you what I'll do for you. I'll give you 10 seconds when the train stops <laughs> before I open the other doors. How could he? <laughs> Great. And there's me in the dock. I Legging can see it, it now. It's a, it was a bridge, I think, but there's me in the dock Legging sprinting it. over this uh, bridge to make sure we're ahead of everybody else. Uh, we stayed up all night, Andy, and he did a piece for us at, uh, on TVAM the following morning. And I'd known him from a time at Piccadilly Radio. That's where we first met. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he was out of, out, out of fashion at Manchester United. But I said to you when I sat down, and I tweeted earlier, the offence for which he was sacked yes by modern day standards is a nonsense, <laughs> it's a nonsense. he fell in love with yes. the wife of another man yes now that other man happened to be laurie brown yeah. who happened to be the Physio. physiotherapist at the time not good not good but not an offense for which in my view he should have been sacked he leaves mary as a widow yeah so that that affair as many called it lasted, yeah, lasted until his lasted final breath yeah so you know but i i from a professional point of view, I happen to think, and argue me down if you like, his was the blueprint that Fergie followed. Had Manchester United backed the manager, we might never have heard of Alex Ferguson at Manchester United. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's true. 
that is that is a fact. I mean, Doc was very, very, very close to getting it right. In fact, he was well on the way. I played against his side. I, I arrived in England in '75. Doc was had had been at United for a couple of years, I think, prior to that, and and was fashioning a, a, a terrific football team um, who played a fantastic brand of attacking Stepney. football. All right, you know, uh, Alex, I, I don't think was ever no really one of the best. No. F- fell onto that shot no. from from Sabio. B- bit more good fortune about that. Yeah. And there was a save in the 66, 68 final. But the but rest he, was moving but on. He got Stepney. He, he played. He played with Paddy Roach a little time. Right fullback, Jimmy Nichol. Jimmy Nichol. Yeah. Centre backs. Arthur, Arthur, Arthur Alberston left. Uh, Arthur Alberston left, but initially Stuart Forsyth. Stuart Forsyth, of course. Aye. He had Big Jim, who he he outed. He wanted a ball playing centre half. How 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 far ahead of his time was he? Yeah, so he got yeah. Brian Greenoff and Bucken and Martin Bucken. Yeah. McElroy and Macari. Yeah, middle of midfield. Who he'd previously used up top. Yeah. But by this time... With, Louis, with, Louis was developing into something else. Well, the, the roof at Stoke had blown off and Tony Waddington required a fire sale at Stoke. <laughs> so Jimmy Greenoff, Jimmy Greenoff was brought into play with well, Pan- Coppel and Pearson. Coppel and Hill. I they mean, were, come were, on. They were iconic wingers, what weren't they? What a side. Yeah. What it was a, side. It was a great side. He was very close. And, you know, yes, we... Listen, we, we would have heard of Fergie somewhere because Alex was, was always destined, I feel for what he was doing at Aberdeen to get another job. Would we have heard of him at Manchester United? Would he have had all that success at another club? Maybe not. Maybe not. But, you know, you're right in what you say. Have, had Doc been allowed to continue the development of that side that he was building and built, um, then we don't know. Fergie might never might not have been needed at Manchester I, I, United. I've always... I, I mean, these days, clubs embrace... Those, and sadly, not in your case, when you wanted a couple of tickets from Villa. But, uh, <laughs> um, clubs tend to embrace those that have represented them previously and, yeah. and welcome them back to the football yeah, they club. Do, but no. in those days, I mean, Jimmy Murphy, for instance, uh, Matt's assistant, was 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 away with Wales when, when the plane went down in Munich. And he was the man responsible for putting Manchester United back, back. on its feet. Mm. No question. Jimmy Murphy, who was later sidelined by Manchester United. And Doc brought him back into the fold. Doc sent him to Prenton Park to see this kid called Steve Koppel that he'd been hearing things about. <laughs> Jimmy Murph came back and said, sign him. Doc said, I haven't yeah. seen him. He said, I'm, I'm telling you, buy, buy him. him. Just buy him, Tom, buy him. And they did. Um, and, and, and uh, you know, I mean, an awful situation to find yourself in with. But it wouldn't have been the first, I'm, I'm certain, um, in-club affair. No. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. I mean, the thing about the thing that's, that's, that's sad about the doc is... When people talk about the doc, they always talk about how funny he was, what a character he was. Um, they start with that. They don't mm. start with what a great coach he was, mm. you know, what a fantastic manager he was. He did brilliant at this, at that. They start with, you know, oh, doc was a great laugh. He could, he was a great raconteur. He could hold you spellbound for hours on end with his <laughs> stories, couldn't he? <laughs> which, 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 you know, but uh, what I'm saying is, but they don't, you wouldn't say that about Fergie, would you? You wouldn't sit there and say, no. oh, no, Fergie. Well, there's a good reason. <laughs> well, you know that. But you wouldn't, would you? No. Or when you he's start miserable. talking about Sir Alex, you talk about his achievements as a football yeah, coach. Yeah, because he's miserable. <laughs> well. <laughs> I mean, Kenny's a confusion of the two, isn't he? Yes. Kenny, if you know Kenny, yeah. is a is a, a, a terrific mm. entertainer. Mm. But he just never shows you. No. I don't think I've ever seen that side of Fergie, either privately or professionally. No, I haven't. No. Whereas Doc, you're right. But I mean, after dinner, he was just sensational. Oh, was I mean, amazing. those famous lines said to the chairman at Rotherham, I'll get you out of this league and I did we were relegated I mean <laughs> just, just and he's, I think he's the one he's the one who who, who 
is it spawned the line? Is that the right word? I'm using yes, I think so, line. yeah. Yeah, when he said he went in to speak to the coach at, uh, at, at the summer before the summer break and he was on... <laughs> oh, he was. He was on yeah. 50 oh, this was at Preston. This, <laughs> is, this Preston. is a true story. Yes, I know. Yeah. He was Tom on, Finney. Like, Tom Finney. He was on, he was on 40 quid a week. <laughs> And, uh, and and it was, I used to be on it. I remember this. You were on a wage during the season. But so then good. in the summer, you dropped down because you weren't playing. Yes. So And you went and became an electrician or something or, like before that. your era. Yeah. But those, those went... No, I worked when, in a building site. But in the in summer? Birmingham. Yeah. Are you serious? That. Did you not know that? No. I worked on my mate's building site. He was a builder. Paul Tunley. Paul will know this if he's listening. In the summer? I was an Aston Villa player my first, after my first year at Villa, which was a pretty good one. So I wasn't not knowing, I worked on my mate's building site. I got up in the morning and went with my brother Dunks. Wow. And the two of us worked on the building oh, site through that. the summer. Yes. So we did that. Anyway, <laughs> the, dog, the story with the dog is, of course, he goes to the coach. So, so did your money go down? At Villa? No. Yeah. It did at Dundee United. I was on £44 a week during the season at Dundee United, right? Yeah. And when the summer came, I was on £34 a week. <laughs> I went down ten pounds anyway, because we weren't playing. Deliver the line. Yes, so good. Get so it dog, right. If you don't get it right, I'll have to correct you. Right. Get it right. So the dog goes in to see the the, the, the boss about his wages, and and he says, um, Tom was. You're right. Tom Finney was Tom the Finney was, So Tom was on fifty quid a week. Yes. But then in the summer, Tom was still on fifty quid a week That's because correct. he was Tom Finney. Yes. But the dog's wages went from fifty quid a week to forty quid a week. So he went in to see the coach, and he, the coach said to him. Well, you know, the simple fact of the matter is, Doc, that Tom Finney's a, a better player than you. And the doctor turned around and said, not in the summer, he isn't. That's <laughs> <laughs> just genius. Just, just like the doc, isn't it? <laughs> imagine, not in the summer. Imagine the gaffy then. Ah. ah yeah, you, you might have a point, Doc. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was so quick uh, with, with one-liners like oh, that. His mind, Andy, was so razor sharp. sharp. Razor sharp. And I'm pleased that, that you know, that, well, I'm sorry that we've lost him, but he, you know, 93, he was still entertaining, they say, as he left us. And, and that, that is the memory. He, his person, you, how many times have you said to me, a coach's personality is reflected in, in his, his team? team? Yeah, I often think that. There are exceptions, of course. Of course there's exceptions, but I do think that, that the personality of the team reflects the personality of the coach more often than not. And it did with, with and what, Tommy. And what did he say when they went down? If we're going down, we're going down entertaining. Yeah, yeah. He was not going to be moved from no. the philosophy he had no. and they stormed back the following oh, year mental disappointment yeah. of the first cup final defeat went back and won it again yeah. uh, I mean two men still claiming the goal Greenoff and Macari <laughs> <And> no <laughs> it doesn't matter doesn't matter Manchester United won it and there is that that wonderful picture that you replicated and many more did after an FA Cup final despite promising yourself I will not be caught like an idiot with the trophy of the FA the, the lid of the trophy on my head I don't think I had that did I, you I not had, and I had a bonnet on I, did, did bonnet. You? I said I'm never going to wear a daft bonnet well and be in a lot of pictures where I put it on, and I, I did. That, and the doc had the, the, the trophy, the lid. Abiding memory for me of the doc there yeah. is that one with the, the lid on his on the top of his head. And uh, thank you, doc, for the yeah, time thanks, that we doc, spent right. together and for the entertainment that you gave. Not just lost Manchester a few United fans, in the last couple of months. Of yeah, we have. It's a shame. Now, a on biggest. another subject, our guest today needs quite, quite a bit of introduction. Someone that you played with briefly. Yes. yes. Briefly. Yes. Um, at Wolves. Yes. Yes. All right. Um, he was bought to. In fairness to um, Barney, John Barnwell, there, Richard, and when I when I went there as a transfer, he, he, he Dave Thomas, yes, was the best provider 
in the country at that time. Ask Bob Blackford. Ask Bob Blackford. I was just going to say, Bob will testify to that. He 30 be, goals in one season. Exactly. And, and a £10,000 prize from the Daily Express yeah, for that. doing it. Yeah, I know that. I was there. Uh, I was there that afternoon. Yeah. That we got. Uh, yeah, 30, 30 that season. Yeah, I, I got 28, I think. Dave's crime was what? Dave's crime oh, I, for I, Richie Barker. I got 20. I don't think you did in that season. I did. In that same season? Oh, yeah, I did. That Bob got 30. No, it couldn't have been. It must have been no, the season after. Exactly. Because uh, I was yeah. going to say, because I was top goal scorer with Malcolm McDonald. Yeah, Bob yeah. was way out on his own that year. Yeah. Anyway, like, sorry, carry like on. He was a better provider than I had. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, when I went in, um, John Barwood says, I'm going, to, I'm going to get you Dave Thomas, because I think he'll be brilliant for you. And I was like, that. oh, thank you, John. That's brilliant. That, he will be sensational. Left or right foot? Uh, either, either either socks down no pads. socks down and his crime no which pads, really pissed off and rubber soled boots in any condition the assistant at Wolves was Richie Barker who sadly left us also recently Richie yeah you're joking no I'm not no, no sadly joking? I didn't know that I had this conversation with our guest a couple of days ago and he said he died recently which oh, is a real that. shame yeah. wow yeah. I didn't know that yeah. well, anyway Richie Went on to Dave, uh, time and again, pull your socks up, pull your socks up. We go out and play six inches of mud and Dave would just glide across the top Because of he, had, he had moulded studs. Yeah, moulded studs. And that, 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 that didn't suit. So, but, but Dave had to play in moulded yes. studs. That's what he did. Yeah, and it, he danced on mud. Totally. Ran through puddles yes. without making a splash. Yeah, he was amazing. Anyway, he, Richie, not destroyed Dave, but made life really difficult for Dave. And he never, and he'll tell us that, he never fulfilled... What he had showed at Everton, he never showed that often enough at Wolves, and I think mainly because he was unhappy. Burnley QPR really unhappy. played in that really good side that Dave Sexton took second. That's right. With McClintock and Webb at the yeah. back, Jerry Francis played in that side. Don Givens. He's crossing uh, the balls. Ballsy. Sensational. Uh, took him. Uh, Gordon Lee took him to Everton. Yeah. Uh, did Gordon or Bingham? Now there, I am confused. Yeah, anyway, he's at all. Everton. Yeah. He loved Gordon. I know that. He right. loved Gordon. He told me that story when we spoke this week of Gordon at a pre-match meal, looked down at somebody's, <laughs> somebody's pre-matches. What's that there, son? He said, it's a Welsh rabbit gaffer. Welsh rabbit? Oh, oh. Looks like cheese on toast to me. <laughs> <laughs> that would be Gordon, yeah. That would be Gordon, yeah. So, so anyway, um, Gordon, um, uh, Gordon, whose big mistake there for me was selling Duncan. Shouldn't have sold Duncan. I, I mean, well, she's a mate, but but wrong man, wrong time. Duncan was what Everton why did fans... They sell, why did they sell Duncan in there? He, he sold Duncan for two reasons. One, he was at a press conference. He was said, but Duncan McKenzie's got flair, Gordon. He said, flair, flair, I'll show you flair. Yeah, yeah have a look at my trousers. These are flares. <laughs> and he... <laughs> <laughs> he didn't like the fact that Duncan was the star yeah, of the show. Yeah, you know, yeah. stars are for the stars are in the sky. They're not yeah. in football teams. Ron Saunders and was he, like he was that, not having it at any price. And he and, and Evertonians loved Duncan. And Duncan was a was perfect for Everton. He he just was. He arrived with Brioch, Billy Bingham. I yeah. know but Billy signed the, the, the two of them. But D Duncan was Perfect in that number 10 shirt. It, 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 oh, Gordon. Anyway, Gordon outed him, bought Mickey Walsh. Mickey, Mickey scored one goal in three quarters of a season. <laughs> Swapped him for Peter Easto. Ironically, Walsh went to QPR where the new manager was Tommy Doherty. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I found myself in a hotel in Shepherd's Bush waiting to go out with Mick that night listening to a conversation from Tommy Doherty in his room on wow. the phone selling him to Porto. Ah, he did go to Porto. And he had a, I mean, changed his life. As totally it changed his life. But anyway, uh, Dave Thomas, who... I read a story when we came out here, um, was losing his sight. Yes. Extraordinary. Yes. Amazing. And we, we, if you remember, we spoke to yeah, Dave quite a lot during that period of time. Haven't had the opportunity to follow up no. and find out how he is. But I know that the one thing he wanted, 
And he said then would change his life. Not not a football jersey. No. A guide dog. A guide dog, that's correct. And he got a guide dog. I know. And I rang him the other day and said, listen, do, 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 do you mind joining us? We haven't really completed the circle. And he said, love to. And he was panting and puffing. And I said, where have you been? He said, I've just been running. <laughs> I said, what do, you, what do you mean you've been running? With the dog? And he went, no, 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 no. He said, I run in the field nearby. There's nothing in it. So I know I'm not going to hit anything. And I thought, Dave. And, and then he said, you know me. Uh, Nothing's going to stop me. No. And no. Th this is a this is a really combative. You would never think that to watch him play. No, you wouldn't. But this is a man, Andy, with with iron ore at his core. Yeah, yes. You know, and so I think it's time that we completed the circle mm -hmm. and we caught up with the former England Burnley QPR Everton Wolves. I think he went back to Burnley. Not sure off mm -hmm. the top of my head. Um, Dave Thomas. So, Dave Thomas, somewhere in the Cumbrian countryside, if I'm not Cumbria. mistaken. I think wow. so. Back home, yeah. Um, how are you, my friend? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Dave. Where are you, Dave? Which part of Cumbria, then, are you? Put an put a, put a identification on it. Well, home is... Well, um, you probably heard all the publicity that Dominic Cummings put us on the map as far as cattle. Oh, no! Um, yes! We're, we're, we're literally about... Five minutes outside, five ten minutes outside of Barnet Castle in Teesdale. Oh, wow. so, oh, you are yeah, now. we had we had um, we had lots of summer visitors. <laughs> so he he was the guy that put us all on the map. Oh, wow, yeah, what so, a coincidence! Yeah, I so well, I'm, actually, I'm actually in County Durham, or on the County Durham North Yorkshire border, really. But uh, we come into <laughs> County Durham anyway. Well, you now live in one of the most but, famous places yes, in the world. Absolutely. Near the castle everybody knows now. Yeah, and so I've come back, come back after 29 years on the south. We came back 10 years ago, and um, uh, it, it, it's my, well, well, I'm about half an hour when I was brought up in uh, West Auckland, but I was at school in Barnard Castle, so it, it, there's lots of memories up here anyway, and we... We, we we love we love the area. Well, right. Before lovely. we go any further, give Brenda our best wishes, yes, obviously. And well, I, I, it, that's it. Yeah, it's lovely to be able to complete the circle, David. We started this. Uh, I can't remember three, four years ago now. But I, I don't want to talk about current day. I want to, for those who are listening, enjoy some of the flavour of your career. I just said to Andy, you were part of that team that Dave Sexton had finished second, were you not? We were, yes, yeah, it was, a, yeah, well, it's like everything, Richard, you know, you get nothing for second, but I must say uh, it was the best balanced football side I've ever played in, and there were some wonderful characters, there were teammates that you, know, you never forget, and I'm sure when Andy was playing, he'll always have fond memories of places where, and teams that he played for, and um, that was, it was a, just, it just, just picked itself every week. And uh, it was a, it was a great side. Sadly, we got pipped by one point by Liverpool. That, that was particular I think, year. was that the year that they went to Wolves late on and won three one. Was that the season? Uh, it was. Yeah, they did. They went to Wolves actually. Yeah. yeah. And they played. It's quite bizarre, really, isn't it? That you know it would never happen today. But they played the last game ten ten days after. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, they did. The season they did. is finished. They did. Yeah. It was. It, well, it was. And Liverpool, Keegan, uh, Wolves took the lead and. 
Josh Atkin-Keegan destroyed them in there. And Correct. I think they, they won 3-1 away they from did. home. And Steve Kindon was yeah. the player that put Wolves in front. Steve My goodness. Um, but I think, yeah. I, not to upset Liverpool fans, but I think it was nailed on they were going to win there that night. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, was so, all, it was a bit like that surprise Wimbledon um, defeat at Goodison Park, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. By the way, that was a I'm just going exactly. to go through that team, Dave. Parks, Clement, uh, McClintock, Webb. Yep. Uh, Gillard. Gillard. Yeah. Gillard left back. Uh, midfield, was Masson there? John Masson was, yes. He was the centre. Jerry Francis. Yeah. Jerry Francis. And he either had Mickey Leach or Johnny Holland. Mickey Leach, that's right. Ah, of course, that was the one I couldn't uh, get last up night. Front. Up front was Bowles, yeah. Givens, Thomason. Yeah. And like it, like they did in those days, they, you know, um, and Andy would agree, you know, there was no... There was no such thing as 25 in the squad. You just oh. played week in, week out, didn't you? Yeah, I played and against that team that year. You were terrific, that, t- that team. Um, yeah, we were a, it was, a, it was a, a, just a well-balanced. Yeah. And we had, but, you know, it's quite interesting, really, that there were two lovely managers and I played, well, three, really. But, you know, Gordon Jaeger was, was, had a lot, even though Dave Seston took the credit for that team, don't get me wrong, uh, but Gordon bought most of those players and gelled, and then Dave took over, and then obviously just took it to another level, really. But Dave, Dave Sexton was years ahead of his time, and he was just a, a wonderful man, and um, he just had a had a way. And as you probably are aware, that it, we, I mean, anyone that could handle Sam Bowles as a manager oh, was, was worth yeah. his weight, yes. worth his weight in gold. But Dave had this had this wonderful way. I mean, Bowles would turn up late. He would <laughs> he would be in the in the players' lounge, literally ten to three, looking at the horse, and he'd come down and get changed. He never had any warm up, but Dave just had a way. He would never, he, he would never verbally have a go. Where have you been? But if you did that to stand, and you just walk in the tent, all the lads accepted him. But the one thing I will say about Stan, he, he, he was a, a great lad. I loved him, but. Uh, when he come to playing and training, he was fantastic. He was n- I can't ever remember both the Indians in the six years I was at QPR. No, it's wow. a fair he was, point. Good yeah, point. He, just had, he just had a way of um, handling people, Dave. But, but if you cross Dave, he was a tough guy. He came from a boxing family. I know for a fact that Dave Webb told me when he, he had problems at Chelsea with Peter Osgood and Alan Hudson and people, he, he offered yeah. Osgood outside and Ozzy wouldn't go. I know that. Yeah, he, really? was a, wow. he was a tough man. Very tough. Well, he got rid but of very both. Very quietly spoken, but a wonderful coach. Yeah, he, he got rid of both, of course. And by the way, let's not, on a personal note, created a fantastic young Coventry side that, that we had the benefit of financially because we sold everybody, yeah. uh, but was was, yeah. was at Coventry for a period of time. But did, So, Dave, how, how, who took you to Everton? I was just confused talking to Andy about that. Was it was it Bingham yeah, uh, or Lee? Gordon Lee signed me, yeah. Uh, Lee. Gordon, Gordon signed me. I know, I think I spoke to you the other day, Richard, that uh, I... I managed to contact him after all those years, and he's still living at Lytham St. Anne's, and once again, I had a lot of time for Gordon. He was, well, as you know yourself, Richard, you know, looking back all those years ago, when more or less when you started your career in the yes. media, he, he was just, he was all, he was just normal, wasn't he? he was, he, you know, there was no edge of it. If he, if you want an interview, he'd give you. He was, he was great. He was, he, he was wonderful. He, he was, he was the victim. I, I, I had, uh, I'd, I'd forgotten this. Jim McGregor was the yeah. physio. Oh, and I'd got Jim some. Who went Jim to McGregor, yeah. Yes, yeah. Oh, and right. I'd got some of this toothpaste that turned your teeth blue. 
So I'd given Jim a piece, you see. Because as you got into Belfield, you yeah. went through the door, yeah. manager's office on the right, Correct. physio's room on the left. Correct. So I went and Jim Jim was well, obviously furious, but but thought it was quite funny. So he said to me, give me a piece. I'll give it the gaffer. <laughs> <laughs> he spent the rest of the I morning... I was telling Richard we were We got knocked out there for a cup and we were having dinner in the, this is in the, the evening. So John Moores was there and... Oh. Philip Carter, all the directors in this wonderful hotel, the Son Vida Hotel, and Jim McGregor always loved to sit with the directors, and Gordon really, Jim would. He, he thought a la carte was a starter, that's why I always used to think of Gordon, and he, he, he used to come down, he, he was quite happy with pie and peas off his chips, Gordon, and he came, he came down to, to Jim McGregor, he says, well, he says, what's that's that? It, that's it, that's it, Jim. He says, well, he says, it looks like he looks like cheese on toast. He's, no, he says, no, he said, what, what's that? So Jim, typical Jim, said, Welsh rabbit. He says, blimey, looks like cheese on toast to me. And that, that summed Gordon up. I loved him. But he was one, great. one thing, I, I, we were just discussing it, but I, I thought it was a pre-match meal, so I'm glad you corrected me. But before yeah. we spoke to you, uh, uh, David, why did he sell Duncan? I, I, I mean, I've, I've come up with a couple well, of popular reasons, but from within well, the club... it's quite interesting, that, isn't it, that... I'll be honest with you, I know Gordon, on the odd occasion, Gordon was, was the sort of guy, Richard Andy, that he never liked what I call the big the big celebrity. Duncan was great, I loved him. He never liked Malcolm McDonald, and no. Malcolm McDonald never liked Gordon. He sold him. And yeah. Because they just felt Duncan was a, a wonderful player, but Dun- you could get big 3-0 with Duncan, right? And he'd, uh, he'd come in to... I thought I played well. <laughs> and he, he, okay, he, he used to get, <laughs> he was great. He was like a, he was like a, he was like a circus act, wasn't he, yeah, at times? Yeah. He, he, he'd say, well, I got three nutmegs, you know, and <laughs> Duncan was lovely, don't get me wrong, but Duncan was a bit selfish. And I just feel that he didn't fit to Gordon's plan. Gordon didn't like what I call celebrities yeah, in, in the football yeah, team. And yeah. that's basically... It summed it up in a nutshell, really. But it yeah. was a shame. But as a person, that Duncan, good, great football. You, you could play one-two with him, and you you get the return. You go the other way. That sort of thing, you know. <laughs> he was he, he was just perfect for that number ten jersey at Goodison, wasn't yeah, he? Evertonians loved him, Dave. Oh, the the crowd. It's quite interesting, you know. And I always feel at that particular time, I just felt with with Latch and. Unfortunately, as you probably know, Mickey Walsh, bless him, he didn't hit it off when he... And it happens to a lot of players. They sometimes yeah, go to a yeah. club and they pay... I, I felt that the, the team was very well balanced there as well. I felt, and Gordon always from that, if they're going to get Trevor Francis, and Lapp used to talk to Gordon, say, you know, it's going to cost you big, which he did, a million pounds, didn't he? As, he, as you know, he went to Forest. Yes. But I think if they'd gone for Trevor Francis, I think that team could have stuck together for a year or two. Wow, quite a that few would, years. That would, I, I, I'm just thinking back. Ross, King, Dobson, uh, Higgins, Oh, Wright, yeah, Dobbo was Myers, a great player. Uh, left, Darakot, yeah. right. Uh, Dave Jones at different yeah. times at left back. Um, I mean, yeah. that, that was a really Pedge, good side. And, and, and Pedgick, of course. Pedgick, you know, Pedge, of course. Yeah, Gordon yeah. signed, yeah. And then he went and signed. Yeah. See, see, although Gordon didn't like... Stars. He did like style. I remember him signing. Well, he liked style. He liked yes. playing the right way. Yes. Oh, don't get me wrong, but uh, like Malcolm McDonald, and I don't know whether you know him. Malcolm was a fantastic goal scorer, but Malcolm was a in the funny sort of. I suppose you have to be quite. Malcolm was a bit full of his own importance. I mean, I 
he was there in the England team. And yes, he was. You never felt you could get close to him, you know, but he was, they loved him at Newcastle and Gordon had a big battle trying, trying to, um, trying to get rid of him, really. I don't know whether he did get rid of him. He I'm did, quite he did, Dave. Public. He did. He got rid of him. Did he? Did he got he rid of him, him for £333,333 to Arsenal. I think it was Terry Neal who oh, bought him. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, that, so that was Gordon's yeah. really way oh. of, of being up. Yeah, he, yeah. he didn't fit. And I, know, and, and I know for a fact that <laughs> Malcolm didn't care for Gordon when no. that happened <laughs> in football. Yeah. I, I, just life. to sum Gordon up before we leave him, he, he signed John Bailey. So he, From Blackburn. He, yeah. John Bailey. Yeah. He, so, yeah. So, he signed, so I said to him, so what's he like, Gordon? What, we hadn't heard of this kid. And he went, <laughs> he went well, he, he, he's sort of... <laughs> Evertonians all love him. <laughs> I can't really put that, that, I can't put that to you know, He's a sort of... <laughs> <laughs> that was his description. But, but, he, was, but he, he was a character, Gordon. We loved him, really. He was not... He was not a coach, but we had a good coach there. We had Steve Burdenshaw, do you yes. remember Steve? Yes, I do, yes, very much. And, he, and the, the players liked Steve a lot. And the sad thing was that when Steve Burdenshaw left, he got the opportunity of going to QPR as manager, and he left. And Eric Harrison took over. Yes, yes, and he did. Eric was the guy, you know, he was responsible. He had yeah. a lot to do. But poor old Eric came in like a bull at the gate and upset a lot of the senior players. And, it, and sadly, the team just, just went down so quickly and Eric, Eric had confrontation with senior players and when he went to Man United he found his level of what because he, he got promoted from the reserve team to the first team at Everton but when he went to Man United that was his level he was a very good coach and the kids I mean, he, he did wonders for those kids, didn't he? He was the man responsible for the class of 1982. He was the man. Just week, last week, Dave, we were talking with Liam Brady, who mentioned Burtonshaw. Bobby Campbell succeeded him at Arsenal. Burtonshaw went Everton. Right. And then subsequently to QPR, as Dave said, as manager. And Eric Harrison. Yeah. Eric Harrison, actually, when, when Ron Atkinson came in for Andy King, who he deeply pissed off at Goodison. <laughs> did he yeah. Actually, yeah, he said to Ron, who was a mate, don't buy him. I mean... <laughs> Yes, and it broke Kingy's heart to leave Everton. I know he wasn't the same player when he came back, but but Kingy was an Evertonian through and through. He couldn't get his head around the fact that he was he was being sold. It was such a shame because he loved that football club. It was a wonderful, wonderful era. I was there when he sold him. I'm sure it was. Yeah, I think you were there. Well, maybe maybe when you got when he came back. and Howard was managing. Uh, Howard was managing. That was the second time. Oh right. Yeah, but what a... Yeah. Now, Dave, listen... One thing, I mean... Go on. I mean, I, I know that Andy was at Everton for a few years, but when I... I don't like when Andy was there, but when I went and joined them from QPR, it was such a well-organised club. I always remember them, you know, if my wife Brenda wanted to go and visit and look for a house, to send someone there, they'd meet her. It was so... They were so professional. They were... It was a great club, Evan. Yeah, Stellas, Stellas, Steve. Yeah. I've always said, David, Liverpool at that time were an enjoyment to be with because they were winning, as Graham Souness would put it, everything. Yeah. <laughs> but Everton were where the good. Everton were a really good club, yeah. solid lads. Uh, loved it. Um, yeah, it's just a different era. You'd, you'd travel on the bus and play Monopoly with Mike Lyons and, then, and the and boys then, at the and back. Then the I mean, full, just, then the fool, yeah, the fool decided to leave that wonderful club and come and join me. Yes. What yeah, why decision. did you leave, Dave? Why did you leave there? Why? What was your what did Barnley Sorry. say? What did John Barnwell say to you to convince you to come to Wolves? Well, yeah. all I left Everton for, uh, Richard and Andy, was, I was just in a contract dispute. That's all. There was nothing, no malice. And uh, I always, well, quickly tell him, but 
uh, you, we had no agent in those days. And as you know, Shankly used to come into the training ground quite regular. Yes. And I thought on the quiet, and I thought my contract was coming, and I had no, no idea what to ask for. And I went to uh, have a word with Bill Shankly. He very, very kindly said, well, come round to my house. Because he lived around the... And I went, obviously, <laughs> I didn't have to tell. I went round, and he gave me some guidance. And I went back to Gordon, and Gordon was very, very good. And I remember I went up... Uh, to to meet Philip Philip Carter at the Littlewood offices. I mean, I was, and I went and Philip Carter was once again a gentleman. And he said, "No, we're not." And basically, that's what got the ball rolling. And obviously, it went uh, transfer. And and the thing was that at the eleventh hour, when they put, I'd met John Barnwell down in Wolves. I went with down with Bob Lafford, and he tried to sign <clears throat> Lafford as well. I think. Wow. But. Yeah, before obviously with Andy's situation. Anyway, he he we went down and I said, man of my word, I said, look, yeah, I'll join you. And at the eleventh hour, I was about half past eleven one night. The phone rang. It was it was the secretary of Man United. Was it Les Olive? The guy yes, called yes, Les yes, Olive. Yes, yes, yes. And Les Olive said, um, uh, no, sorry, it was Jim Greenwood. Andy may remember. Yeah, I remember Jim. Of, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jim and Jim said. We've just had Man United on. They matched the offer at Wolves and they said, the choice is yours. Oh. And I turned Man United down because oh. I... And, and I, went, I went to Wolves. But having said that, they just signed Andy, as you know, and Wolves were a better balanced side at the time because Man United weren't going well at the time. Dave Sexton was there, I think. And, uh, and on paper, which was, Wolves were a good side and Andy would agree with that. Yeah, though, but but yeah. sadly, it just it was a worse mistake I ever made in my life yeah. and oh, sadly shame. you know I just felt that my career just just went down down the pan after that I think I've had, had the right person managing me and I just I just lost faith in football I mean I know you did Andy knows the oh, tale it was and, terrible Dave watching, you know I mean watching you every day was to awful. tell me to yeah. change my footwear and not wear shin pads well <laughs> I wasn't going to tell that person Richard Barker to and I, I wouldn't budge I wouldn't budge I know you wouldn't quite and, right uh, it, it was a disaster. Yeah. Now, Dave, to bring things right up to date, I, before you joined us, was telling this, we spoke the other day and you were panting and puffing <laughs> and struggling for breath. And I said to you, where have you been? And you said, I've been running. And you, you actually, you, you took my breath away there. I said, what do, what do you mean you've been running? Well, With the dog. And you said, no, 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 in a field nearby, there's nothing in it, so I can't <laughs> bump into anything. Now, the, the, you, uh, I mean, the, the way you speak, um, man of your word, determined individual. Explain to people why that is in itself quite well, something in your life. Sadly, very, very sadly, had a like we all do. We all get problems with our with our careers, and uh, very sadly now I'm registered blind. Although um, I'm severely sighted, uh, I'm a guide dog owner with my guide dog Hannah, and. Um, so my life changed drastically, as you can well imagine. Uh, and, but unfortunately, um, I still try and carry on as normal. When people think that you're actually blind, I'm not totally blind. I have a, some central vision still, but I've got no peripheral vision. I can't see to the side. And as I was saying to Richard, I go out, I still go running. I tend to go, and I went yesterday, and I've done... And uh, I nearly never came back. I was running through the parkland opposite where I live. But normally I go on the footpath. I go on the lower level, but it was very, quite buggy. So I went up on the higher level of the parkland. There's lots of trees scattered about. 
and I saw the tree ahead of me, and next thing I know, I'm on my back. I've, I've, I've just crashed straight into a, oh, a branch at, at a low level. I never oh, saw yeah. it, and I just completely... And there's blood all over the place. It just was about half past eight in the morning. And he's and he's a man walking past. He said, "Are you all right?" And I turned around and plenty blood all over them. <laughs> so I have my problems, um, but I'm I'm like we all are, you know. We all have our problems, but uh, I'm very determined. I still I still play golf. Um, I, I do the best I can. I've got to ask my my friend basically to stand behind because it goes up in the air. I haven't a bloody clue where it goes. <laughs> anyway, um, neither have I. So <laughs> I, ta- I, I take my guide dog with me on the course, and she's oh, she, the difference she's made to my life is just amazing. Uh, she, but just just as an aside, the guy that found you that wasn't Dominic Cummings, was it? <laughs> <laughs> well, so anyway, but but uh, you know. Uh, you, you just got to get on with it, haven't you? I mean, that's yeah. it. Well, I mean, you I, say you that. Know, and, and you, I'm sure, you know, I, I never feel sorry for myself. I just get on with it. Um, the dogs made this because before, you know, I, I haven't driven a car for about 15 years now. So to lose your license is a it, it's, it's drastic change in your life because it just suddenly it stopped for me. The letter came through from the DVLA and it just said, "Sorry, Mr. Thomas." You're unable to dry again, nothing. Blimey, okay. Well, there's but no, then, there's no, but there's the no. Dust, but it's, I mean, that's fairly brutal, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it was. It, it's just literally, that's it. it. You get no, you get no appeal. You can't ring them up and say, hold on a minute. That's it. And, um, but looking back, I mean, I'm, you know, if I would, I'm, a, I'm a, it's a, a potential danger because I've got no peripheral. Yeah. You can't, you, you find it very strange at first. You think, well, I'm okay, I'm okay, but, then when you do, when you go and see the consultants and they they do all these tests on you, and they, if they see my what they call the my fields of vision, it's it's pretty it's pretty scary. I've got a little bit of white in both central in both eyes, and all the rest around my eyes is completely black. Dave, all, it's all that peripheral. Dave, there's, there's been a lot I've of lost. a lot of conversation recently, and and I am proud to say, and I'm not going to hide from the fact, um, it's a conversation Andy and I started when we were on the radio many years ago, yeah. about dementia. And, and it's become something now that people obviously have n- not just uh, talk about, but have yeah. accepted there is a link between, for some, not all, for yeah. some, between... De- Do you think in any way your loss of sight is connected to your playing career? Well, no, because my father, I've got exactly the same. It's hereditary. Right. And... And my father was totally blind with exactly the same condition that I've got. So, but regarding the dementia thing, I think a lot of it can be hereditary. I Dare I say this, I'm not a, a 100% sure, maybe I'm speaking a little out of order here, um, whether football... Causes dementia. No, I don't I, know. No, I, I mean, Dave, Dave I mean, you wouldn't. You people wouldn't. say about heading a ball. Yeah, I don't know. What, I mean, there's Stan Bowles. He's in a real bad way at the moment, but I don't ever remember Bowles heading a ball. No, no. I think, and I, think then, the, I think the truth is, yeah. Dave, that it would be fair to say that not everyone who was a footballer is going to contract yeah. dementia because no. he headed a football. And footballers yeah. who have dementia haven't all got it because 
of, a, of, of heading of a football. No. What, what you're saying, David, yeah. what you're both saying is absolutely right. What we need is the research to yes. tell us where yes. the problem may yes. be. But nobody's sure at no. the minute that dementia does. But and there is a link. I think that's I, fair to say. And I think it's a very, very difficult thing to prove because, all right, you say the five of the World Cup plays... I don't think Nobby Styles headed the ball a lot in his life. No. If anyone was to get it, you'd think Jeff Hurst, wouldn't you? Yes, yes, and, and I think that if you the, the documentary Finding Jack Charlton, which is sensational, Dave, yeah, if you get yeah, the chance yeah. to watch it, Jack's boy says, yeah. "I don't think this Does was it, down to, it, to, yeah. to dad I, heading I always say, if any if any young kid came up to me and said, "What position would you play?" I'd say, "Oh." Always playing the wing son because you don't have to head it. <laughs> you were hopeless at heading the ball, I remember. Anyway. Yeah, no, exactly. Useless, yeah, you were. Exactly. Now, so, David, there I'm, are, there I'm not are... 100% sure, but there we are. It's only my opinion. And, um, Back to what I know was... there's been a lot of research into it. Yeah. It's, it's a very, very difficult thing to do. Well, really. we need more very research. That's the bottom prove. line. But, but there listen, we are. back to your That's problem. It. How can we help? How can we raise awareness? What can people do that are listening to this, that are touched by the well, story, your determination and your yeah, your I, your I, well your steely resolve? Is, Richard, that you know, I mean when I've what I've actually psychologically been through, but look, I'm not I'm, it's not me. I mean there's people blessed and they've got terminal cancer, there's your major I mean I have a problem and it's changed my life. But um but what I'm trying to say, I'm I'm very proud that I've had to been doing lots of fundraising for guide dogs because my dogs, these dogs are incredibly special. And you'd not realise many, many years ago, if someone said to me five years ago I'd have been a guide dog owner, I wouldn't have accepted it. I said, no, I don't need a guide dog. But how wrong I was. And so I I put a lot of heart and soul into my fundraising for guide dogs. And I'm very proud to say that I'm ra- I'd, I'd like to get to 100,000 I'm up to about ninety, so about ninety now, um, and about well, about, about two to three years I've been doing it, and people have been incredibly supportive. Um, so if people are listening out there, I'd appreciate that um, if you feel you would like to donate. And I've got a uh, uh, an e what they call it, a just giving page that Guide Dogs gave to me, and. Do you mind if I give it to you? Richard? No, it's exactly what we want, Dave. Right, right, Please okay. do. Um, it's, <laughs> excuse me. It's www.justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash David. There's a hyphen, I think. David, like a little minus sign. Yes. David Thomas 191. And David Thomas is, is a capital D and a capital T for Thomas. Yeah. We the will, rest is a we lower case. Put that out uh, yeah. separately, Dave, and it's an absolute yeah. pleasure to be able to uh, make mention of it. Yeah. And we need to find that tango sure, now. And, and uh, I mean, I think you might be aware. I, 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 was, very, I was very proud that um, I wasn't aware of this. I got contacted by someone to bring out an autobiography. And I didn't want to do it because... Um, anyway, I, I listened to this guy, and this guy said, I didn't realize this, that uh, I'm, I was the first, well, I am the first ex-professional footballer to be given a guide dog. So he said, there's a story there, because most, most uh, footballers uh, bring out their autobiography, which is good, and it's all about the career. But the thing that with my book, when it came out, uh, Richard Andy, is that it's like 60% about my career, 
But the other 40% is about how I came to get my guide dog. And that really was the twist in the book. And I must say, it was brought out last year, and it's been a real success. I think we've done over three to 4,000 copies. And I made the... <laughs> I made the suggestion to the author and the and the publishing company that I said, look, I said, I don't need the funding. I'm lucky. But I said, I'd like all my royalties to go to guide dogs, and that's what I did. Well Fantastic. So, it, so it, it's called um, Guiding Me Home and Away. Fabulous. So, Very nice, Dave. Fabulous, Dave. So... Fabulous. Well, thank so you. For, thank you for spending time with us, my friend. A, it just gave me a lot of pleasure, really. Well, you, you've given us a lot yeah, of pleasure again do. today, and uh, I'm glad. I'm glad we yeah. finally got round to doing this. Uh, it's not something yep. that we're going to leave alone, Dave. We will be back in touch going forward. It's been a an enlightening conversation, and I can't thank you. I, I always say this: people that give up their time for nothing, thank you so yeah, much. Thanks, Steve. It's been Top great. Man. Great to talk my to. My pleasure, and lovely to speak to you guys. And. All the best for the new year. Let's hope it's a better one for us all. Yeah, let's hope so, pal. Thanks, David. Thanks, David. Well, you look after yourselves, and if you... If you're back in this country, you're always welcome up in Barnard Castle. <laughs> That's bad. You can't no. go there. You get a bad reputation if you go anywhere near that. Dave, I've got to tell you now, I'm yeah. not coming. You never know who you're really yeah. going to meet up there. So. <laughs> <Lovely>. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, David. Anyway, you, you, you take care of the pair of you. Look after yourselves. Thanks, Thanks David. You. Thanks. What a boy. <laughs> what a boy. What a... I mean, extraordinary, Andy. I know. Great tale. Yeah. And uh, we do wish him well. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, we absolutely wish him well. Um, just referring back to something you said on, on, on the way in to, to, to meeting Dave, you, you were working on this building site. Yeah. I, I'm still struggling to get that because I, I know a lot about you. I didn't know that. So this is the centre forward of Aston Villa, yeah, yeah. who was later to become the first players player of the year yeah. and young player of the year winner yeah. in the same season. Yeah. That was the one that followed. Yeah. Wandering around a building site. No yes. hard hat. No, no. No no, no steel cap toes. No, don't be silly. Trainers on. <laughs> and I, have, I do remember actually going up a ladder. Like like the builders used to do, you know, what's it called, a hod? Yes. With the loaded with bricks. You and Vinnie Jones then, he well, used to do I, that. I was up there and you had to, it balanced for some yes. reason the way it was designed. Obviously it balanced beautifully on the shoulder so you didn't have to pay too much attention. And up you went in the ladder and I was up delivering bricks, up the ladder and back down again and uh, helping my mate out. And uh, to be honest, it, it just gave me something to do in the summer as well. Because um, I was at, I was living, my brother was living with me, Duncan. And so he was going to work on this building site. And I thought, well, I might as well go away. So I phoned my mate Paul and I said, yeah, any chance? Can I come in for a couple of weeks? I'm not doing it. He went, yeah, and you come. Dunks, <laughs> Dunks gets too many mentions, but he it's does. our podcast, so we can mention him again. Yeah. Uh, we were sitting on where, where the main stand is now at Chelsea on the far side, opposite the tunnel. Uh, and uh, it was one of those. So, so the studio was up there and, and Dunks always used to bring Andy <laughs> and then go, go on to work in the tunnel with the players. And uh, hard hats were yeah. compulsory. Yes. And he came, obviously, with, so I looked at him. I said, hey, where's your hard hat? You've got a hard hat on. He went, do I look like we've got a hard hat on? I said, yes. Yes, you did. <laughs> you, you're bald. Yes, yeah, you bald. did. <laughs> he did look like you had a hard hat and on. It, it stuck. He's it's, never been happy about that. Series. No, he's not. He's not. <laughs> anyway, that is Keys and Grey, the podcast. Um, thank you. Um, and I, I, I said last week I'd, I'd slightly misjudged it, Andy, because it turned out to be the last one of the year last mm. year. Um, 
and, this and this is the first of the new year, of the new year then yeah. as it subsequently turns out so get in touch with us please at keys and gray uh the podcast i've got to get that right as you can tell i'm looking for it as i speak i, I don't want to steer you in the wrong there we are at keys and gray pod keys and gray spell it out in its entirety at keys and gray pod please get in touch and don't forget that just giving page anything that we can raise for yeah. david in in search of that 10 grand is going to be really helpful now absolutely and we will see you next week Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.